Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Monday, November 7th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. On this Election Day Eve, many jurisdictions are facing a problem. There are not enough poll workers, in part due to threats of political violence. We have a democracy, but it just doesn't go without people getting their hands in there and and pitching in and working side by side. That's WTOP's Kate Ryan, who spoke to veterans who are part of an organization seeking to serve in light of the election worker shortage. When you go in to work as an election judge, you take an oath to basically uphold the Constitution and the laws of Maryland. It's very similar to the oath that we took when we joined the armed forces. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. Elections don't just happen. They're run by workers who set up precincts, pass out ballots, and make sure voting is safe and secure. This election, thousands of veterans are doing just this, ensuring the midterms run smoothly. Joining us now to talk about one organization that's recruiting and training vets to serve on Election Day is WTOP's Kate Ryan. Thanks for being here. Sure. Um, Tell us about Vet the Vote. All right. This is an organization that was started to address what the veterans are saying is a crisis Mm. uh, of a shortage of poll workers and an attempt also to take a group of people that is very, very civic minded to begin with and give them another outlet to serve. Um, and that was interesting because I asked, haven't we asked you to do enough? <laughs> right. <laughs> but they, they, they talk about, you know, the spirit of giving and also this wonderful coming together at a time when I think a lot of us feel that there's this huge hyper-partisan barrier between Americans. And so you talked with Joe Plensler about Vet the Vote. How many veterans do they have signed up? When did this start? I mean, how did this thing come together? Bottom line, anywhere you see a lot of retirees, a a large concentration of veterans, for example, Virginia Beach, Southern Maryland, you're seeing a large contingent. Arlington? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And did Plensler talk at all about why now? Why is this moment, you know, a moment where veterans really have to come out and help us run these elections when there's so much shortage going around? That's precisely it. You just explained there is a shortage of poll workers for a number of reasons. You know, our our employment is is very high. Uh, And for years, frankly, the folks across Maryland, for example, where that's the bulk of my experience is in coverage, Um, Every year, they're continually looking for poll workers. So the call is always out there. Often it's a lot of retirees Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes now kids who can actually get service learning hours can can volunteer. Mm. But this is another contingent that's ready to step in. Uh, And someone with the organization explained, too, we're good at rules. We understand rules and regulations. <laughs> right. We can implement. Um, so it's kind of like the perfect population to step in. And he talked about doing it in his own community in Charles County and how really gratifying it was. One of the things I love about volunteering at the polls is that it's one of the few places in today's hyperpartisan environment where Republicans, Democrats, independents, unaffiliated all come together, make democracy happen for the rest of our society. So that's one of the reasons he's involved. Of course, he's with the organization. Um, but 
uh, he was really excited by it because he said, look, nobody's a, a bigger skeptic than I am. At first <laughs> I walked into this like, really, how good is this? Mm. He said after the four-hour training, he came out of there and said to his wife, that was like, they're ready for a missile launch. <laughs> There's so many, you know, turn the key now, turn the key now, secure this, secure that. Wow. Just almost like when you you hear pilots, you know, yeah. doing the double check with each other. You know, I, I left four hours of training down at my county board of elections really convinced and feeling really good about that the process has been thought through and that that there is enough redundancy built in and two-party integrity around everything in the process that that voting here in Maryland is is safe and secure. And again, as someone who's covered a lot of elections statewide and local, that kind of planning does go into this. There's a lot of fail-safes built into the system. And he said that's another thing with people being as skeptical and the mistrust there is, right, of the process. Do Mm -hmm. the ballots really get counted? How careful are they? He said... He encourages anyone, but especially vets, to get in and see this for themselves. And he's confident they'll come away thinking, we got a pretty darn good process hmm. going on here. We should say that uh, some election workers get paid. Election officers in Virginia get $200 a day, um, but you've had to have worked one election. And every poll worker in all three jurisdictions must have to go through that training. Um, I know, looked at Montgomery County just as, you know, anecdotally. You have to do like an online training, then an in-person three-hour training. So when you go up to cast your vote, just have an idea of how much time, um, you know, these poll workers have put in, many of them who are just volunteering. Right. And we should say, too, um, today, uh, earlier today, Governor Larry Hogan tweeted that he's issuing a p- proclamation calling today Election Hero Day in Maryland, thanks to the tireless efforts of hundreds of dedicated Marylanders to, you know, this civic opportunity for us. Um However, we still have a problem in Maryland specifically. I mean, Anne Arundel, Prince George's, Baltimore, Montgomery, uh, you mentioned Charles County, all have um, a need for more poll workers. Why is it so necessary that we have poll workers? Let me let me uh, backtrack with a couple of things, because he talked about what you're doing by taking part is you're making democracy happen. Like we have a democracy. Right. But it just doesn't go without people you know, uh, getting their hands in there and and pitching in and working side by side. And I will say we also interviewed a Navy veteran, Jerry Bell. You're going to hear from her in our stories. And she talked about sitting down in Maryland. You're paired at the desks of Republican and a Democrat. And you sit side by side and count the ballots together. And she describes sitting down at first and not disclosing what party she was in, but saying we kind of like looked at each other askance for a split second. Then we get to doing it and none of that matters. You're working with your neighbors and it doesn't really matter what political party they are. When you go in to work as an election judge, you take an oath to basically uphold the Constitution and the laws of Maryland. It's very similar to the oath that we took when we joined the armed forces. You don't talk about politics there. You talk about the civics of let's make this happen. And he, Joel, talked about this wonderful feeling of meeting Americans. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to get back, get back as a, a veteran and kind of a transplant to, to Maryland. It's good to be further integrated in the community. Like we're all Americans and it sounds corny, <laughs> but it's great. Right. Mm. And just you could sense that just in, in talking to folks who've taken part what a wonderful coming together this can be. It's it's like um, one of the few things, I think, where 
uh, people come together in that kind of purely civic arena with one mutual goal of making mm-hmm. sure that the election is free and fair. Right. I mean, it's really refreshing with all the political division that we're experiencing now and political violence and threats kind of abounding right now uh, surrounding this election. And with that in mind, did any of the you know veterans you spoke to, were they fearful at all being poll workers? Was that a sense you got at all during your interviews? Not at all. Not at all. This is a kind of, and you're talking to people who are pretty darn fearless, right? These are right. veterans and who and who have faith in process. You know, like when when you're in a, a tight situation, every veteran I've ever heard talk about, even in battle, they talk about you rely on your process. You go through your training. And so I think something like that is what happens here. Now, in, in our area, we don't see a lot of that. We don't have the, the violence. Uh, but... Uh, you do have, you know, a little tension here and there. Mm-hmm. But again, it is interesting to see it melt away, kind of mm. dissolve. I've seen that, too, in some of the local, you know, after the primary election, I was up at the Board of Elections a lot with the counting <laughs> that was going on. And again, it's every side by side, Republican, Democrat, different party members, different campaigns. The campaigns have the ability to walk into the ballot counting area and see it happen. Mm-hmm. So it is that openness um, and that transparency, I think, that can bring the temperature down. Mm. And people can really see it and understand it. And it's it's your neighbors who are doing this. I mean, I think that also kind of changes how people perceive the, oh, like, what's this dark process that's taking place, you know, above our heads in Washington in some dark room? Nope. It's just Joan from down the street who's been trained, you know, for whatever number of hours. On the final day of early voting in Maryland, I saw my children's pediatrician, whom I haven't seen for four years. I saw one of their favorite scoutmasters, who I haven't seen for almost four years. So it's a chance to reconnect with people that you haven't seen for a while. And I think that, too, would, in my mind, if you have questions about the process, get involved in the process. Because they are still looking for poll um, workers in November, for sure. And this is a continual thing. You you want to get involved on the local level. You have the off years. And, of course, we'll have the presidential in 2024. And you, you also brought up something that I think is really important. I asked him about the foundation of this organization. Does it? Is it at all partisan? And yeah. he said, absolutely not. 30 mm-hmm. different groups are involved. It's a broad coalition. And they were very, very um, adamant that this is not politics, it's civics. Mm. And before, you know, we got on the mics here, you mentioned that, you know, these veterans have given up so much for this country already. Um, were they like tired at all? What was the sense? A real sense of buy-in of of more, okay, I, I may be retired, I may not be deployed right now, but I still have that drive to serve my country and my community. That doesn't go away. Mm. I think that's a fascinating thing as well, that once you've been in a service position like that, that doesn't, that's not uh, something that just gets tossed. Right. It's still there. And I think for many people who've never thought of themselves as civic minded, once they do this again, I saw it with, remember, I was a high school civics teacher and, <laughs> and I had students who would get involved in things and they would get like, oh my gosh, this is really cool and you can be heard and you can take part. Yeah. And I just, I think, boy, at a time when we all need the temperature to come down a little bit and uh, to really look at where we live and how this works and how it all works together. 
I think it's really gratifying. It's a, it's a fun story for me to tell. Mm. Kate Ryan, thank you for telling us about how our community is really involved in the election process and hopefully maybe inspiring other people to get involved as well. We appreciate it. You got it. And after the break, a freak accident that happened this weekend that's more common than I thought. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. And before we go, Luke has a really crazy story that has captured us all in the newsroom. Yes. I have never heard of this term before. Corneal abrasions. You've never heard of that? Ab- Come on. No, I've never heard. Cor- I mean, you're like, you have a cornea. Sure. You, like something is abrasive. Okay. Tell the story. All right. So <laughs> I'm walking with my girlfriend this weekend in Rock Creek Park. It's beautiful. 70 degrees outside. Right. We run up to the zoo, walk back. It's fantastic. We're a block away from our apartment. All of a sudden, I'm walking alone. I turn around (laughs) and I see my girlfriend just like bent over with her hand over her eye. And she's like, man, something just hit me in the eye. Like I feel like a golf ball just hit me in the eye. I look around, no golf ball. But we see a lot of acorns like, you know, around. Uh. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. She then, you know, pulls her hand away from her eye. And I see this slice Uh. right down. Okay, okay, okay. That's enough. That's enough. Right down her eye, her cornea. I cannot... And so immediately, and it's sunny. If you all remember, Saturday was a very sunny day. And she can't, like, she covers her eye because the sun is so harsh and she's so sensitive to light. Right, right. So thankfully, we're a block away from the apartment. We go to the apartment. We look in the mirror. And it's, again, you can just see this slice. Like, imagine. No, no, no. I don't need a descriptor. Like a piece of jello. Right? And a spoon taken through the jello. Like, that's that's what it was. And I was like, whoa. You're going to make people throw up in their cars. Look, it's fine. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where I'm like, we need to go to the doctor, stat, like now. She's like, oh, it's fine. I'm like, no. Not fine. We should go to the Wait, doctor. Wait, so it was an acorn? So we think. It's tough. I mean, like, it hit her eye. She didn't see it, right? Um, it hit her open wow. eye. Wow. So it could have been like a pine That's cone. so random. It could have it's... been a, like a, a heavy leaf. You know, <laughs> I, I we don't, we seriously, we don't know because- once she got hit, we were like, we need to get you inside wow. and like protect it. So yeah. we made like a little eye patch like out of, you know, sunglasses <laughs> and like a, um, a headband. And then we took her to the eye doctor and the eye doctor was like, whoa, yeah, this thing is legit. Um, so she's all good. Everything's fine. You know, she has to take antibiotics and that's kind okay, of it. Okay, so but she the, can see. She can see. Yes, okay. she, <laughs> she's not blind. Wow. Um, but the eye doctor did say, you know, th- with things flying around in the air right now, just because it's fall, wink, wink, you know, things are falling. Right. From and it's a little windy. Above, yeah. and it's a little windy. So, you know, um, they've been seeing people come in with similar sorts of corneal abrasions, just cuts in their, like, eyeballs. Um, God. Yeah, so watch out, folks. Basically, either wear sunglasses 
or just, you know, be aware of your surroundings. But keep so your head random. down. I keep your head down, it's I guess. It's so random. And I just I'm didn't so even know this was happened. a phenomenon, you know, until no. it, it happened. But uh, the fall season, you know, things are things are flying. So Sheesh. be wise um, and uh, just look wow. out. Wow. That's, I mean, I don't even know what to say. That's just the most wild story. I, but I guess it, things like that happen, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, and the biggest thing, too, was not that I'm an eye doctor, optometrist or anything, but the eye doctor did say, if this happens, it's really important you get into the eye doctor sooner rather than later. Um, so if this because you don't happens, want to get infected, or you don't want to get anything, infected. Yeah. yeah, you want to get checked out. Eyes are very delicate, sensitive things. So and she's probably in a lot of pain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aww. She's tough. She's tough though, so it's kind of hard to, to gauge. But um, but yeah, she'll Aww. she'll be all right. We'll so. feel better. Yeah. if you're listening. Um, and yeah, watch out out there. That's why those nature walks, man, they can be very dangerous. <laughs> I. When you said, when you said, all of a sudden I was walking alone. I was like, because there was a bear behind. Like <laughs> no. I was like, what is? What are you talking about? An angry squirrel, maybe, or something. <laughs> Threw down an acorn. Oh Who my knows? gosh! That'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. This show is brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602, and our music is by Real World. I can't get my head around. I keep thinking about it. Sorry. <laughs> Follow us on social media where we post every single day. Rate and review us if you get the chance. And you can become a VIP listener at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow. Stay safe.